Hey guys, just a quick reminder about the printable color charts by Barb Sodi Art. If you've not picked up a chart yet, be sure and do that before, I don't know, she changes the price or she no longer offers them. I don't know. Something like that could happen. You never know. Go over and pick them up. It's sort of a palette cleanser in between art projects. It's a great thing to do. I'll talk just a little bit more about those with Barb in the middle of the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Face Value Course, the Sharpened Artist Academy flagship course. Have you been frustrated trying to draw portraits in colored pencil? Do you want to draw people confidently and accurately, but don't know where to start? Or maybe you're just tired of copying another artist's line drawing. I get it. The Face Value Course, now in its fourth year, will give you the tools you need to create your own original portraits. You'll be given a step-by-step system for independent decision-making, bite-sized exercises, and live weekly office hours interaction to keep you accountable. Enrollment for the course is still open, and there's still time for you to join the 2021 cohort. Just go to the show notes for the link before enrollment closes. The Color Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UR Premium Sanded Paper. What makes it different from other sanded papers? One thing is the way that the grain is applied to the paper. There is an electrostatic charge that pulls the grain up towards the paper and is applied from the bottom up. Why does that matter? Because it's an even distribution of the grain to the paper. And so you can have very fine grains like an 800 grade on the paper, a very velvety kind of touch to the paper. If you've never tried UART sanded paper before, then then go over to the show notes, click on the link, and there are seven different grades to choose from. It comes in a beige and a dark, it comes in sheets, pads, rolled and mounted boards. And we thank UART Sanded Paper for their support of the Colored Pencil Podcast. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am joined by Barb Sodiropoulos. Barb, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? You know, I, I'm doing well now. Um, Good. <laughs> I got so sick. You remember that about oh, a month? Oh, yes. Yeah. Was, well, about five weeks ago. And this just, the I've, I haven't been that sick in years. And just that persistent cough. And like, I just, I was sicker exhausted. Sicker than when you had COVID? Yeah, it was worse than when I had COVID. Yeah. Wow. It was much worse than that. And I didn't have COVID for those that have asked about that. And thank you for some of the emails that I've I've received. But no, I went and got a test. And according to that quick test, I didn't have it. But anyway, I felt awful. But I'm on the upswing. But I'm buried in work now. That's, that's just the Me? way it goes. That's uh, that's one of those little things about being a self-employed artist that yeah. people maybe don't realize is that <laughs> right. no one does your work for you no, when you're not just feeling sits well. just there. Yeah. Like old dirty dishes that just pile up, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my sickness. I'm doing much better, though. <laughs> so anyway, we are going to talk about something that the impetus for this show. I was listening to another art podcast not all that long ago. And there was a topic that was brought up. It wasn't a topic of the entire show, but it was more like a little segue where they were talking about the differences in 
self-education or self-taught and people saying they're self-taught and going to art school, it started making me think about that just a little bit more. I've used that term uh, to refer to myself. I've not been to art school. I'm not like Barb here. She has been to art school. I don't know what that's like. I've got ideas in my head, but I've never, I don't have that experience under my belt. I don't know exactly what that was like. And how is it different? We want to talk about that terminology. What do we actually mean when we say someone is self-taught or I'm self-taught? I, I think there's some problematic things inherent with the term and that expression being yeah, self-taught. Totally. And I, I will say right now, I've had a lot to say about this subject. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for us buckle to buckle up, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's important to discuss it because yeah, I think yeah. there's, I think that term gets used quite loosely with yeah. artists. I think a lot of people are claiming sometimes that they're self-taught when they really shouldn't be. Because I'm not sure what it is that, you know, if it's the misconception of what actually happens when you go to art school. I mean, I don't know if people think you get like a chip implanted in your brain when you're there and suddenly you're an artist like and you didn't that, have to like actually do any work to get. No, no. <laughs> no. Okay. If, if they were handing out chips, I didn't get mine. So <laughs> it just blew my mind. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> that said, I can only speak to my experience at the at the school that I went to, but I don't imagine that it's that different from any other art institutions. I, mm -hmm. I think it is really interesting to discuss because there's this sort of um, implication when people are saying that they're self-taught, that they they have just, they're divinely <laughs> given these gifts and have not done any kind of practice. Self-evolved. Yeah, like it's you know. just like they just showed up one day and like, I mean, maybe that's being a bit extreme, but to me, that's always how it comes off when it someone does, says It can come off that way, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's really, and I might be jumping a little bit ahead here, but like, I think it's really impossible to say that someone is 100% self-taught, like unless you've been living in a bubble. I don't think it no, exists. Yeah, yeah, with no outside influence from anyone or anything. How do, how do you really make that claim? I well, think. okay. So <laughs> um, maybe we are jumping ahead. I think that's great to think about it like that. So let's take a look at some online dictionary definitions of self-taught, right? So Oxford's Learner's Dictionaries says self-taught is having learned something by reading books, etc., rather than by somebody teaching you. And then it even says a self-taught artist is like one of their uh, examples there. Um, okay, so <laughs> first off, I mean, there's it's a problematic definition, right? I mean, it's like saying, uh, using the word you're defining in the actual definition. Because if you're reading a book, then did you write that book? Someone else wrote the book, right? So you're actually learning from somebody else, right? And yeah, I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but I, we're trying to analyze this and, and discuss it and trying to figure out what's what's actually being uh, conveyed when someone says they're self-taught. And what did I actually mean by that? I think, Barb, probably going forward, what I'm trying to do instead is talk about the fact that I have pursued education on my own. I've pursued some self-education because... Yes, I've been influenced and actually mentored by uh, books and by programs. Like I, I took a, a correspondence course. Uh, you know, I, I talk about that freely. Um, 
And it helped me tremendously when I started working in graphite. And that was years and years ago with um, Five Pencil Method guy. I think his name is Daryl Tank, I believe. It was really good. I can trace back some of my early roots in art to John Nagy. If some of you know who that is, uh, because of some books that were laying around that I got a hold of from my older brothers and sisters, even though they never really did much with them, they were there. So I, there's a book by Bridgman back when I was a kid that I have, I had access to, there were some Walter Foster books I had access to on anatomy and how to draw the head and that kind of thing. And some other books, and I don't know who they were by or anything. I've not seen them since, but I'm sure they're out there somewhere, probably on eBay. But yeah, I mean, I didn't just, I didn't just one day start saying, mom, dad, I want to start trying to draw uh, a head. Can I go, um, you know, look at people and draw? Yeah. I mean, I think this whole topic, it kind of gets rolled into the talent versus, you know, yeah. hard work debate, right? So uh, yeah. it's like, were, were you just naturally kind of gifted at art or did you work hard to get where you are skill wise? And, um, you know. I think, you know, for, for me, the difference with art school is that it's an institutionalized version of learning. Uh, so you pay to be there. You, yeah. There's a structured course. You are taught by an instructor who is probably accredited as well to some extent. But here's the thing. Even in that description, is that not similar to taking an online course? Like, yeah, you may not get a degree or whatever at the end of it, but it's the same premise. Someone mm -hmm. else is still teaching you. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're doing online courses and then are saying that you're self-taught, well, you're you're not really, because then I should be saying I'm self-taught even though I went to art school. Like, it's, Well, can you, uh, sorry to interrupt. So No, no. Can you, okay. um, just for me and maybe a few that are listening, <laughs> can you just talk for a minute about what your experience was in art school? Like, Sure. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, high level uh, overview, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, for sure. So, just to kind of give you a, a little history of kind of okay. my, my journey through art. So, I was always drawing when I was a kid. Um, certainly was always really passionate about art. I think I took art instruction a handful of times at like an old art, local art store or whatever. I did art classes all through junior high, high school, that sort of thing. I would say a lot of those courses were very loosely structured in terms of like, you know, when I took the course at the art store, it would be like, actually, what I really hated about it was that the instructor had drawn a picture of a rabbit and it was their drawing of a rabbit. And we've got we, we would get a black and white version of that drawing and then we had to replicate that drawing the way they drew it. So to me, that didn't actually really teach me how to draw. It taught me someone like a else's. master's copy kind of thing. Yeah, it was like t it was like somebody else's style, and yeah. like you had to replicate it. But it wasn't right. really teaching you the fundamentals of drawing necessarily. Right. It was more like how well can you recreate this thing, which is something you could do on your own, anyways. Yeah. Now that said, when I applied for art school, I would say that obviously from drawing my entire life, I, I went into art school when I was twenty three. So. Um, maybe a little bit later than some people decide to go, but for me, it was a good thing because, um, for the program that I took, which was the visual communications program, it requires a level of maturity and dedication that honestly, like some of my younger classmates struggled with a lot because mm -hmm. it's not really the kind of course you want to take when you just want to be a young adult and yeah, party yeah. and whatever, like you just, you won't get through it. You That's interesting. <laughs> so 
Uh, and by comparison, the fine art programs were quite different, but the graphic arts program was very intense and they pack a lot into the, the you know, the three years of the actual courses. So uh, gotcha. my, my first year was a foundation year. So because the art school that I went to is based off of the, the Bauhaus structure of schools, your first year was a foundation year. So essentially you would take a bunch of finer courses and you can kind of just like explore, decide which direction you wanted to go. Cause you know, when you got to your second year, that was when you kind of picked what your major would be essentially. So in my first year, every instructor at the school was also an artist. That's a requirement okay. to teach there. So yeah. they can't just be people that have only taught. They have to actually be practicing artists uh -huh. themselves. So that said, I think the requirements have slightly changed now. I think you have to have a master's degree to be able to teach there now, but you never used to have to. You just okay. had to be a practicing artist. Uh -huh. So again, not not unlike someone who is deciding to put out a course themselves. The only difference is that in an institution, there's obviously sort of guidelines and structures that they need to abide by. Yeah. And then in my case, there was also a bunch of liberal studies classes that we had to take that, you know, art history and a bunch of other stuff that, yeah. you know, so you weren't just there necessarily creating art all day. There was actually an educational written component to right, it as well. Right. So I would say that my fine, my first year, which was mostly fine arts stuff. Yes, there was like technical knowledge uh, passed on. We got a lot of handouts with stuff, you know. This is how you cross hatch. This is how you do whatever, like stuff that you could find in any art instruction book. Okay. Right. What I felt the difference was, is it depending on who you got as a teacher in terms of the level of education you got versus, you know, yeah. e -e, compared to someone else. Uh -huh. So when I got to my second year, which was um, me going into the design program, I actually had to reapply again with a whole other portfolio just to get mm. into that program. Mm -hmm. And they only accepted so many people. So uh, in saying that, I feel like the instruction that I got from certain teachers was definitely better than even some of my classmates who had a different instructor for the same class because it all depended on how they wanted to teach it. Mm. So the thing is, though, you still had to do the work. Like yeah. They, yeah. they would give you little tips at the beginning of a project. For example, there was one class where we did two-point perspective and three-point perspective drawings. Right. So, of course, they give you kind of all the handouts and information that you need for that. But then it was on you to still do the work. Yeah. Like you yeah. still had to okay. do it and figure it out. And, of course, there's a grading system given, and that's yeah. all part and parcel to how you eventually get your degree. But the work that you do in art school is still the same as what you would do yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the only difference is it's more structured and, and you're paying a lot more money well, to be there. It's an accredited and, uh, university yeah. kind of thing yeah. rather than uh, it being something that is non-accredited uh, or totally. coming from an atelier or totally. uh, a course that someone puts. Like I created the Sharpened Artist Academy. That's uh, different. It's not an accreditation uh, and I wouldn't want to do that anyway. So, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. But essentially what I'm saying is that uh, I think the the work that you put in in art school is very similar to what you would do if you took an online course from yeah. someone as well, in my opinion. The only difference is that, yeah, I, I was able to, I got a bachelor's degree at the end of my time there as opposed to if somebody is going through all of the courses that you offer, for example, they're not necessarily getting a recognized degree at the end of it or whatever. Yeah, right? it sounds very similar. 
to what was going on when, I mean, this is the only thing I can relate it to, what was happening in uh, the IT world when I was working um, a corporate job and I started pursuing certifications and learning different programming languages. And like I started in VBA, uh, Visual Basic for Applications, and I started, you know, that was the first language that I learned. And then I also learned um, SQL statements. I started pursuing education in uh, like just writing in SQL syntax or C-sharp syntax or whatever the programming language is. Transactional SQL versus um, regular SQL from Oracle. And then later learning C-sharp. There were guys that got a computer. When I went to college, I studied psychology, so didn't have anything to do with IT. Uh, but there were programmers that I was working with and later on, they pursued education in, you know, got a CS degree and they knew some of the languages that I had tried to learn and was learning right then. They knew it coming out of school because, you know, they were forced to learn it. Now, sometimes they couldn't program in it. I mean, they couldn't do much with some of the languages that I had studied for a long time. But sometimes some of the languages they knew fluently so much better than I did. But their ability to think and just other things that came with that degree, I thought was really, really good. So that's the only thing I can relate it to because I pursued some self-education, if you will, uh, rather than a degree path from a university for anything IT related. Yeah, I would say to the advantage of an art school as well is that you are in, that you make that your job, right? That is your job. You show up every day, you have assignments. You have this advantage of being around other artists who are at varying levels compared to yourself. The critique process is so valuable. I would say that probably the biggest part that I got, like the biggest thing I got out of art school was just having that critique um, process available to me. Really? Um, Yeah. Talk talk about that for a second, if you don't mind. The Color Pencil Podcast is brought to you by UART Premium Sanded Paper. There are so many different advantages to using a sanded paper, such as using lighter pencils like white over dark areas. That's just one of the advantages. So that flexibility allows you to keep on layering over and over again. If you've never tried sanded paper before, go over to the show notes and click on the link to get your first batch of UART Premium premium sanded paper. And we thank UART for their support of the Color Pencil Podcast. Barb, let's talk for a second about these color charts. There are still artists who have had questions about them and have not picked them up yet. So what would you say? What's the biggest reason why you think a new color pencil artist or an old one like myself (laughs) uh, (laughs) might want to pick one of these up and start using it? Yeah, I think the the biggest advantage to having these charts is that most colored pencil artists, once you start getting into colored pencil, it becomes a bit of an obsession. So, you know, you start getting all the brands and it can be really hard to keep them straight. And I find even for myself, there are certain brands I tend to use more in my artwork. But every now and then I want to venture out or a certain colored pencil line has a, a, a slightly different, you know, that perfect color that I need for a piece. So having these charts for me just makes it really easy to reference that and grab the right color and forget the guesswork because a lot of times what can happen is even the barrel of the pencil 
isn't necessarily accurate to what the pencil looks like when you actually use it. So right. what, what I find is really helpful about this, because you're filling them in yourself with the pencils that you own, you're getting a really accurate color representation. No need for having a scrap piece of paper all the time now beside you while you're working. You just have to reference your chart, you just have to fill them in, do the work once, and then you have it as a resource for you over and over again. Awesome. Even relying on those tips, guys, I mean, don't rely on the tip to tell you the color. That can be very deceiving as well, as we all know. So go over to the show notes and we'll have a link set up for you over there. So I would say, you know, the thing that's funny about most artists who I think decide they want to go to art school is chances are they were probably the best artist in their high school or whatever. And, you know, they're they're going through life thinking they're yeah. a big deal, right? Because they're probably surrounded by very little other people who are also artists. And yeah. so, you know, you, you get this kind of thing in your head where you think you're kind of a big deal, probably. Yeah. And then you go to art school. And you're around everyone else who was also the best drawer in their high school or whatever. And suddenly you're like, oh, my God, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Um, maybe I'm only speaking for myself here. I don't know. You know what? But... That's so funny. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. But that <laughs> that also still just like my experience in IT. It was the yeah. same thing. I wasn't working in IT when I started out. You know, I was a manager over um, some sales department people. And anyway. And then I uh, transitioned and started working in IT. And I remember distinctly, that was one of the comments was, he said, you think you're talented out there? He said, because you can write some programming and you can do some coding. He said, back here, we're all talented. And, and he said, yeah. so he said, you have to really step it up, you know? Yeah, honestly. And I remember when, getting that feedback and I thought, that, that's pretty good feedback. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's no more humbling experience yeah. than when you go to art school as an artist and are around other people who... Like when you want to talk about somebody having talent, there are people that are just exponentially better <laughs> right. than where you think that you are. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was it was so great because my attitude going into it was, oh, my God, I just want to learn from all these people. Like, yeah. how did they get yeah. there? What are they doing? Like, right. it was it was a great experience because I also realized how much I needed to learn still. Uh, um, yeah, I was a hundred percent a better artist coming out of four years of art school than I was going in. Yeah, I would have said that just in that four years, I probably saved myself ten or more years worth yeah. of trying to figure it out on my own um, by having that experience. I think just the instructors that I I was very fortunate to have were mm -hmm. passionate about what they were teaching. Being in a critique scenario, just to kind of go yeah. back to that. Yeah, when you are. Uh, you know, it's one thing to to show your artwork to your friends and family. Who, right. They're probably always going to tell you it's awesome. Yeah. And when you have somebody always telling you that your work is awesome, there's no opportunity for you to grow. Mm -mm, so right. and, and there's no opportunity for you to really have any kind of true assessment of mm -hmm. what of what is what is good and what is not. Right. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what your goals are for your artwork as well. For me, my goal was to get better at realism. So mm -hmm. part of the advantage for me to going to art school was that I was like, okay, like I'm I'm coming here so I can I can get people be honest with me. Right. And so I can actually learn something new. And so what I felt was really valuable for me, for example, not even just your peer critiques, but also your teachers' critiques. Like I took an anatomy drawing class. And the uh, the point of that class was so people who wanted to go into medical illustration or that sort of thing, 
Yeah. You have to be accurate. Like you're, yeah. you're drawing. Oh, yeah. it, it, the, the whole point is that you need Definitely. to be accurate. So you can't just like take your artistic license with how no. muscle structure or bones look because right. people are using these things to some extent to learn from mm-hmm. or to, to use for accurate information. Right. So I remember we did a project where we had to draw our initials in, in like bones, human bones. Um, and I remember I got the project back and I thought I had done such a great job and I got my project back and the amount of red circles that I had over, we would put just like a, a piece of um, tracing paper over top and then the, the instructor would put all of their notes on uh-huh. there essentially. And <laughs> it was, it was the first time that I had really had somebody say to me, you're drawing this wrong. Because any other instance I had had previous to art school, people were like, oh, that's great. That's great. Like, you can do anything. People think it's great, right? Yeah. But until you actually have someone who is more skilled than you are or has experience of something to say to you, that's actually inaccurate. Right. Um, you know, and, and I remember kind of being put off by it at first. But when I actually really stopped and kind of, first of all, I said to myself, you're paying to be here. Right, right. This is what you asked for. Yeah. (laughs) And also, second of all, was like, okay, well, let me understand why it's wrong. Because, Mm -hmm. and understanding even the research that goes into understanding why when you turn a bone a certain way, it looks a certain way, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And and just even having that level of understanding of of the research that goes into Mm -hmm. being able to do certain types of drawings, right? So... To me, having that instructor critique was right. was so valuable because it was someone who was like, listen, I am here to help you better yourself. You signed up for this. This is what yeah. we're doing. I'm not here to like pad your ego. You right, know what I right. mean? And from your peer reviews, what's great about it is because you're learning from other people who are also learning, as I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've experienced this with your students as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to see something from a different point of view or they're going to catch something or, you know, you know, a lot of the stuff we did because I was taking a visual communications program was conceptual. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're you're trying to get concepts across with things. And so, you know, one of the things that's really valuable about that, too, is something can make sense to you in your head. But as a graphic artist or an illustrator, if you're doing something and you think it makes all the sense in the world, but you're showing it to an audience of 20 other people and they're mm-hmm. like, I don't get it. Or that's mm-hmm. not coming across right. That's valuable information. Right. Because oh, when you're yeah. only living in like the microcosm of your head in, for concepts and for your artwork, right. you're going to grow really, really slowly. Unless for some reason you've got a really well-developed sense of self-awareness and self-critique, which a lot of people honestly don't have. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's difficult next to impossible i would argue to critique yourself yeah uh and at the beginning you know there there's a continuum here of learning at the beginning not everyone's ready to learn what's bad about their artwork totally Uh, there there's a progression and it doesn't just you know as an artist in, in our learning there's this continuum we start at a certain point where we do need encouragement to even continue to a point where we can be critiqued and then to have peer uh, reviews as well, peer critiques as well. Was the peer reviews, were those, what kind of structure was that? I mean, did you have like a, a professor 
give you the critique and then the peer critique came next or was it all at the same time or I'm just curious. Yeah. So, so how it, it works at the school that I went to is when we had a project, we would have a critique day. So oh, okay. first of all, it was very important that you were on time for that critique because mm-hmm. if you weren't, you didn't get your work critiqued ah. at all. Um, I think they would still grade it for you, but you would lose marks for, for being late, yeah. essentially. So yeah, that was sense. that was one thing. Yeah. So then we would have to put all of our work up at the front of the classroom. Just work you decided also, to work on yourself. What's that? Was this just work you decided to work on yourself? Was it assigned no, or what? It was assigned. So okay, we would have gotcha. an assignment. So for an example, yeah. um, in one of my illustration classes, the assignment we had was we needed to make a theater poster based on either a book or a movie, or I chose to do a myth. I did that. Okay. I so did the there was up. some uh, freedom yeah, in was, the assignment. There was structure yeah. to it. You, sure. you would get essentially a, uh, a project brief yeah. um, kind of describing what the, what the, you know, what you needed to kind of execute. And then okay. you would have the critique day where you put it up in front of everyone and then yeah. everyone would discuss. Right. So how it typically worked is, uh, one person, when it was your turn, you would go up, you would talk about your piece. You would have to explain your reasoning behind, behind why you made the choices that you did. Um, give a little bit of insight to everyone. Yeah. And then the teacher, some, it depended on the class. Sometimes the teacher would go first and give some feedback, but typically he would let, or he or she, sorry, would let, um, the, the class kind of give their feedback first. And yeah. so what I would also say is it was a really valuable experience in getting constructive feedback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what's great about getting feedback from people who are your peers is that, you know, you're getting, it's like, it's to some extent, it's like getting your friend to tell you, but yeah. an informed opinion right, from right. your friend, because, you know, I, I was very lucky and there's to mutual have a lot interest of, in yeah, your growth because you're interested totally. in their growth. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was really lucky to have a great group of friends when I was in college to the point where we all year to year signed up to be in the same classes with each other. Oh, yeah, that's great. We we enjoyed each like we were like when we had to (laughs) where we had to like book our classes for the the following year. We were like, okay, which one did you pick? What type? What day? (laughs) Right. But it was great because, you know, what was really great about that is then. So then we were also going through this journey together. Yeah. You know, you had the same people that saw you grow too in that four years where they're like, man, like, you know, and for me, it was always really exciting to be like, oh man, like, I remember you struggled with this and you did such a great job on this piece. And like, to be able to sort of like cheer on people who are also going through the same experiences with with you, like it was, yeah, it was great. That's interesting. But then also having that comfort to be able to say to them. I wonder if you tried this, like yeah. how it would have improved your piece or, you know, even to, to some extent calling people out a little bit like that in a mean way, but just yeah, being yeah. like, you know what? I know you can do better than this just to help. Yeah. Right. You must right. have had a rough week or something and being maybe not in front of everyone, but being able to have those conversations separately yeah. and be able to say like, Hey, like what's going on with you? Like what's, you know, what do you need help with? Or, or having the conversations where you can kind of be like, um, you know what, I, I found this resource that was really helpful or, you know, if we were using a certain type of medium in some of our classes, like we had one class that was just media exploration. So we learned watercolor, we learned ink, we learned yeah. charcoal, like we just went through the gamut of everything, right? Right. And some people would be better at certain things than others. So even just getting tips from other artists, right, right. being like, hey, actually, you know what, I find when I do this, it's really helpful. And, that's you know, so that cool. Exp- 
yeah, that experience was great. And of course, like everyone wants to hear what the instructor has to say because they're very accomplished, experienced people. Yeah. Um, but you know, just the combination of that, I mean, a lot of the value for me were was in the conversations I had with my instructors outside of class yeah. or after class. Right. Like oh, sure. those those moments where I was trying to get more information from them and it makes um, a lot of sense. You know, like for you, it's it's the mentoring stuff that you do or even the office yeah. hours to some extent. Like yeah, yeah. Having those extra sessions outside of what the actual course curriculum, curriculum yeah. taught situation yeah. is. No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that doesn't sound a whole lot unlike what I do inside of face value uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then there is an opportunity for some to even share like some uh, group mentoring a little bit inside office hours. They're able to exchange some ideas or um, give some some critiques. And I've thought about restructuring that and probably will in the future at some point. But it does work best when there's a mutual edification thing going on, you know, yeah, a mutual beneficial type of exchange where someone is sharing their work and then another person sharing their own work. And then they're giving information back and forth rather yeah. than one or two feeling like they know more than everyone else. Uh, and sometimes I, I think sometimes those scenarios lend themselves to that. At least that's the feedback that I've gotten from some who feel intimidated from time to time because they feel like, you know, here I am putting myself out of here. And then somebody comes along and says, look, this is what you did wrong. You know, that, that doesn't happen real often, but it can happen sometimes. So I try to be protective of those types of um, scenarios and that, yeah. that feeling. And when that you're happens. in a critique session, like in an art school situation and you're yeah. asked, you're there asking for it. So yeah. it's yeah. Um, for the feedback that said, the teachers are also very, very um, mindful of telling people what is constructive and what isn't. I mean, oh, well, if somebody yeah. just starts insulting you, like obviously they're going to step in. So it's nice also that it's kind of controlled that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I also wanted to mention is, and 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 I almost feel like I'm making myself old saying this now, but, um, you know, when I went to art school as well, social media was not a thing. Like, Facebook just came out when I was in college. So, yeah. I would also say that that was my social media in terms of oh, yeah. comparing right. myself to other artists. Like, right. all of right. a sudden now, I was in this this small space where I was seeing artists who were phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it honestly made me feel like, man, I need to up my game mm. if I'm going to be, if I like some of these people in my classes were where I wanted to be, or even just seeing, right. you know, their different styles and that sort of thing. It was, it was always so inspirational to me. And now you can get a lot of that from Instagram or the internet in general, because yeah. it's, it's in a completely different place. So you can... I mean, there, there's good and bad to that because it can also make you feel very incompetent <laughs> if you let it. If you can find a way to use it to motivate yourself, yeah, yeah, it's it's so powerful. Right. Let's go full circle then, Barb, and circle back around then to art school versus self-education or self-taught, right? If we're no longer reading books, although I think we are, um, but if we're if we're taking correspondence courses you know they're not called that anymore uh you used to get it through the mail that kind of thing you know but if you're taking courses online are you are you not um involved you know did you not involve yourself inside this 
relationship with a student teacher relationship. It's, it's something that made me think about my own experience. And I, and I thought about whether or not I should say I have pursued self-education through various means and just talk about it like that instead of self-taught, I guess. Made me think about it a, a little bit more, gave me a pause, and I, I took another glance at what I've been doing myself when I use that expression or that term. And I'm probably going to use the term, I have pursued self-education through various means, and I may list some of those. Yeah, I think saying you're, you're self well, I mean, self-educated is is is, I guess, closer to what people are trying to say, but it, it, that you pursued it on your own. But I mean, nobody forced me to go to art school either. So, right. so I still, it, in a roundabout way, pursued it on my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, no, one, so, no one told you to continue either after yeah, you were done. Well, I mean, and, you know, the other thing I would say, too, is even so I have a degree in graphic design, um, the majority of what I learned as a graphic designer, I learned outside of school. Yeah. They, I mean, they only have so much time to teach you sort of right. the fundamentals. And essentially, you know, even as an artist, I would say I learned a lot there, but a lot of what I've learned and a lot of the growth that I've made since was from continuing to seek out education, whether it be through other people's tutorials or that sort of thing. So, um, I feel right. like I'm I'm sort of maybe a little bit careful even for myself when I say self-taught because to me, to me that definition always brings up people saying that they've had no one teach them anything and and I think that that's that's not accurate because yeah. I I feel like a lot almost everyone has had either someone you know show them a technique especially at social media so many people are very generous with sharing their process and yeah, yeah. there's just so many ways to be influenced and learn from others that. I, I guess that's to me, it's like the, the term is just problematic that way because it yeah, makes it yeah. sound like, you know, you, you've had no one else show you how to do it. You figured it you out just on evolved. your own. You evolved. Yeah. You just evolved. <laughs> and I, and I feel like yeah. that's not, that's not really an accurate assessment no, of, really of what isn't. happened. And right. like I said, you know, by, by comparison, being in art school doesn't mean that all of a sudden. Like, like I said, they didn't implant anything to you. All it was, yeah. was a dedicated, structured situation where you could learn. But one of the biggest things that art school taught me was how to be more self-critiquing mm -hmm. and how to be more, how to seek out the right information when I'm trying to learn something. And also it gave me a really good foundation for practicing and continuing to work on my craft because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that is a big part of of how you grow as an artist is yeah. putting in those reps there's no right. substitution it's like True. going to the gym you're not just going to have a, a six-pack one day you got to go every day to get this i mean some people yeah. just naturally have one but we're not talking about those people everyone else in the world right right like you have to you you have to put in the work and yeah. no, that, no that is the same whether you go to art school or not well, and it, it, um, yeah, putting in the, the, the work, the hard work, th there's no substitute for that. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I got an email just today, uh, from someone who, who just started in my beginner's colored pencil course. Uh, and I got one about a week ago from someone who just started in face value. And, uh, it was very, very similar, uh, from these two different artists, but they, they said something to the effect of, Oh, I'm so glad I got this. I'm going to work on it when I have time. 
Uh, I don't have time right now. I'll do it, um, you know, someday kind of thing. <laughs> and I understand I've done that same thing, you know. And uh, so there wasn't this sense of urgency, but they're like, I'm glad I got this. There's almost like this sense of by osmosis, I'm just going to learn this. I'll put it under my pillow at night. And now that I purchase this, yeah. I will somehow acquire this information by just purchasing this, you know, magically, it's going to just imbibe itself inside me and I'll know it. And uh, there's no work now I have to do on my, my part. Again, I'm raising my hand here. I've, I've been guilty of that too. I remember sitting, I keep bringing this back to IT, I'm sorry, but I remember sitting in a workshop class that was like um, five months or something like that, one night a week. And I was with this guy that uh, was taken at the same time I was. He was working for a different company, but we kept, we became friends. I remember sitting there and, and uh, going over some things. And then uh, him, he was talking to someone else who just started. And they talked about all the different classes they were taking. And they were all excited about it. And I remember him saying to them, he said, he said, well, you know, at some point, he said, you're just going to have to do it. He said, you're going to have to do the work yourself and create your own database on your own. Uh, that you never show to anybody, but it's just something you're working on, on your own, you know, and that's yeah. really what it took for me to figure out and grapple with real life problems that actually occur when you're in the trenches. And that's not unlike art. When you sit down there and you create your own work and you start applying some of the principles that you're learning, but you got to learn the principles. You got to, you got to dive into the material at least, and then apply the material. To your own work. Um, yeah. And you won't learn it any other way. Well, and I, what I would say, too, is there's no shame in, you know, and it almost seems like uh, when people say they're self-taught, it's like they're trying to, like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like that, like that they're trying to have a you leg guys up on see everybody. The, the head uh, nods. That, yeah, the, I know. The people, only, only people in monthly sharpener are getting the... <laughs> <laughs> that was too classic though. but no like it, it, i mean and i'm not and to be clear i'm not saying that everyone thinks this when they say that about themselves I just yeah i'm not meaning some, it when i say in some it. yeah no yeah, totally yeah, not yeah just so don't send me hate mail i'm not trying to like i'm just saying sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah, yeah. it comes off like people are trying to seem like they're better than everyone else because yeah. They're saying they're self-taught, but like, there's no shame in having gone to art school either. Like, no, no, to, not to at me, all. To me, the only difference was that I went through a structured program and got a degree at the end of it, but it's not that I cheated somehow. Like, yeah. I still had to do the work. Like, I still, so, I still had to go through the same process that someone who is taking side courses right. or whatever is doing. Is, so, a, is, is a book not structured? Is a course yeah. not structured? Totally. You, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek here, but you know, you know my point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but after you read a book, nobody gives you a certificate. After you take a course, um, I don't, I don't offer certificates in my courses. I mean, I could, but, um, but I mean, I don't offer a grade. Um, some courses do, you know, but I mean, same, same thing is true. I guess what, what I'm, here's my point. I mean, you're still pursuing some education, Barb pursued education, right? Through a more structured means, perhaps, but it's not unlike going through a program of any kind, I guess, and pursuing that as well. But you still have to do the work. 
And it's not a demeaning thing when I think about those that went to a university or college uh, when they say that, uh, you know, they have an art degree. I'm, I'm actually a little jealous of it usually. I, I'm, I'm really wishing that I had that foundation. I, I really do. Whenever I hear it, somebody has that foundation. Um, so, yeah. I, I guess, I guess my I, point, I too, it. is that it, it's not that you've, you've cheated somehow again. No, like, right, right. And that, not, that's like, my no point, one's, too. No one's holding your hand or like. Or like you know, it didn't take a lot of work. It took yeah. a lot of work. I mean, if I told you the amount of hours yeah. that I spent on projects, I like it's funny that we used to joke in college that um, it was like getting a medical degree because the amount of time yeah. that you had to spend on your products or sorry, right. projects right. Um, was was like just the hours that you put in. Yeah. Like there was no partying. There was no, which I, I'm making yeah. it sound super lame now, but honestly, like the, the program that I did specifically, like there was a lot of work involved. Yeah. And, oh, I believe and again, it. Um, you know, as much as there was a basic amount of instruction, it's not. Uh, in my opinion, any different than something you would seek out on your own. So, yeah. so, so for people to sort of assume that by having some sort of formal education that you've, you've gotten some sort of, I, I will say it is a leg up in the sense that I got to where I needed to quicker than if I had done it on my own. That is, that is the difference to me. But as far as the, um, you know, and I am, what I would say now is that because of the way that YouTube is, Instagram, all of those social media sites, it is so much easier to actually learn on your own now. Right. But at one right. point, that was not the case. I mean, I think if you want to talk about, to me, what the true definition of self-taught is, you need to go back to, you know, some of the uh, master painters who invented yeah. different movements and styles right. of painting, for example. Truly like, inventive. Like, totally. Truly, like, um, you know, you know you're, mixing you your own paints or something yeah, or acquiring your own, your own charcoal or whatever. Totally. You know, yeah. Like, you know, even even stuff like, you know, the first person that decided impressionism was going to be a yeah. thing. Like, yeah. that was such a, a departure from what was typically being done at the time. And it was like an those, uphill battle. It didn't, it didn't, yeah. that adoption was slow. Yeah. Totally. Like, to me, that's like somebody being inventive and that sort of thing. That right. to me is, is like, if you're coming up with something brand new, cool. Like, I, to me, that's more self, what, what I yeah. would consider under the definition of self-taught. Right. But, Otherwise, right. by uh, otherwise, we're all self-taught to some extent right, for right, artists, right? right? Because yeah. it, again, it's not that you get a chip implanted and, and now you're an artist. <laughs> it's like you you still have to do the work. You still have to right, do the work. So. Right, right, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I love it. Okay, I, and I'm sorry we, if I sound really angry. About no, this no, you know, not, you're not. You're not coming. Not, no, 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 no. I don't. I'm I don't take it that way. No, no, I no, I love it. Uh, no, I don't take it that way. I don't. I don't think you're coming across that way. I appreciate it. I, I think that it will resonate with a lot of uh, of people. If you're listening today and you are pursuing every kind of course and tutorial that there is out there and you're learning by watching uh, someone else's process and you're not using even the reference photos that they used or looking at a live model that they did, then you, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure that you're going to learn as much just doing that. There's a time and place for that, obviously. And, and yes, it helps at the beginning. But I just want to encourage you today, if you're still there and you've been doing that for a while, like for years, move on, move past that and start doing your own stuff. 
being creative on your own and taking your own reference photos. Take the training wheels off. That's right. Yeah. I, I actually just want to agree with you a little bit on that point and just say that, like, if you are pursuing an art education on your own, I, I understand that art school is extremely expensive and not available yeah. to everyone. So what I would say is because of the way things have changed now and there's so much available out there online and whatnot, mm -hmm. like, by all means, do what you need to do to improve yourself. I think that regardless, it is a great thing if you want to pursue getting better at your craft. So do yeah. whatever you need to do that works for you to make that happen. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Barb. This has been a fun discussion. Reach out to the show by emailing podcast at sharpenedartist.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and or a review. I only accept five stars, but um, you can do that anywhere you're listening right now. And we're everywhere. We're on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever. On your Amazon device, we're on Audible. And I will talk to you next week. And until then, take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.